Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to episode 55 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you all doing? Thank you for being so incredibly patient with us last week. I yeah. know you had the the joy of a Patreon release. Freebie. Freebie. <laughs> but we, I, I really appreciate your patience. And I also wanted to say thank you to everybody. So many of you who sent me messages just saying good luck and that you were thinking of me and that, you know, you hoped that it all went well. And that was really nice. I I handed in my thesis on Tuesday. That was the culmination of five years of blood, sweat and tears. And now it's gone. Yay! Yay. So just thank you to everybody. Like it is genuinely, it didn't go unnoticed. And it genuinely was really nice to have people just go, Hey, I hope you're doing okay. And I hope it's all going well. So if you were one of those people, it was much appreciated. We need to thank our Patreon subscribers. We do indeed. Are you ready? I am. We would like to thank... Methany Basin. Adam Faringer. Melanie Putt. Paul Carter. Liam Kingshot. Francois Tiverski. That was good. Well done. Lauren Seaver. Ashley O. Diana Evans. Key Anderson. Nikki Richter. Lisa Doyle. Thomas Washington. Frank's Monster. <laughs> Chris Matlick. Uh, Stacia, Stacia Drag. Drage. 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 Sarah. Nicole Hawkins. Kate Buchanan. Nicole Palmer. Thank you all so much for Thank your you. Patreon pledges. We love you and we appreciate you every single day. Absolutely. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. So our film review this week is Hell House LLC. Hell House was released in 2015. It has 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Go for it. Five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find out what really happened. What were your thoughts on this film? Um, I'm going to rip off one of our followers who was actually watching this in preparation yesterday. Mrs. Lee messaged me and said, wow, that was intense. And I agree with her. I feel this film was a little bit intense and I felt like I was on the edge while I was watching it and after it. Because we were, we went out afterwards and Mm. you were like, oh, I feel really edgy going out after watching that film. It is, it's a very low budget horror film, but I think they do low budget horror very well. I was, I was pleasantly surprised at this film. Like it was that's the that's the key word it was really intense the beginning i thought was a bit naff yeah it was i think it's really hard to pull off that documentary style horror because the actors are never it's so difficult to be convincing about being 
interviewed interviewed yeah. for a documentary really really difficult and i f- found the beginning of it uh, just a little bit like just a little bit naff a little bit like oh i'm not really down with this um but when it picked up it was when the girl appeared with the tapes and when they started going through the tapes that they'd filmed all the yeah, found they, footage they went through gosh. all the found footage and that and it was really intense and really um really simple mm. but actually quite effective yeah and the premise of it is is really simple because there's loads of companies that exist that do these haunted houses around halloween time and like the scare things and the scare things like there's loads of companies that exist that do this, so it's a really good premise. And it, what was so edgy about not edgy because that makes it sound like it's cool, but the, what the thing that put me on edge about it was that it was all about glimpses. There was nothing like they used things like strobe lights really effectively yeah. to give you glimpses of stuff in the darkness and, and creepy. Flipping... There was a big clown mannequin yeah, that kept moving. Yeah, but you never see. That's the really clever thing about it. They didn't have to spend the money to try and make this mannequin move or to CGI nope. it. They just positioned it in very strategic places throughout this haunted house, where it was really clear to you as a watcher that it wasn't there before. Yep. And sometimes the actors noticed, and sometimes they didn't, which yep. made it even better. Yeah, because you were like, "Oh my god, did that move? Did it not move? Was it there before? I don't know." And because it was set in a haunted house attraction. There was all of these mannequins and creepy shit around the place anyway. But it was... Oh, I, I, do you know what? I was a fan of this film, actually. Yeah, I liked it. really liked it. I was it. quite freaked out by it. There there were... There was a lot unexplained. Yeah. But actually, it didn't take away from the film. No, it didn't need the stuff that was uh, unexplained explaining, really. It still no. worked. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was a bit of a cheeseball ending. Yeah, the ending was a bit shite. But I don't know what you do with an ending. The beginning and the ending were a bit shite, yeah. but all of the scares in the middle. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. good. It was really good. I, I still, I feel a bit uneasy talking about it, to be honest. So. Do you? Yeah. Do you think that's because of your fear of dolls, though? And it was kind of a lot of it was centered around mannequins. Yeah, maybe. I, I was, I was freaked out watching it. I found it very intense, but I wasn't freaked out afterwards. It's just that thing about things that shouldn't be moving, moving. Yeah, it's true. And like moving a lot. So that clown mannequin was at the top of the stairs at yeah. one point. It sounds a bit, um, saying it out loud sounds a bit ridiculous yeah, to just, be so just freaked watch out it. by just, clown mannequin. Just watch it and um, see what you think of it. What would you give this film out of five? A four. Me too. Hmm. If it had a stronger beginning or end, I, don't, I'd be, I would have given it a five. I would be very surprised if I ever give a found footage film five out of five. I like found footage films and you really don't. No. I quite, I enjoy them actually. I really do enjoy them. And I did enjoy this one because it was found footage, but in quite a clever way. Well, this one was more bearable than a lot of the other ones we've watched, which was good. I just hate handheld camera stuff. It just doesn't, I want to watch, I want to watch something that's on a static cam or well shot. But it's still like, it was still good. It was good. It put me on edge and I didn't, I like I didn't like being on edge, but at the same time, I liked it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, so four out of five from both of us. Uh, I, I recommended watch. We found it on Amazon Prime, I think, was where we watched it, because yeah. people were messaging me going, I can't find it, but I think it was Amazon Prime. And thank you to all of the other people, Matt particularly, who has been on at us for weeks and weeks and weeks to watch this film. We finally got around to watching it. Um, we did have a bit of confusion when we thought you were all talking about Demon House, the Zach Bagans thing, and then... Yeah. That's why we didn't. But then we found it on Amazon and we're like, ah. Um, So our stories this week. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, I've, I've moved away from listener eps- or listener episode this week because I'm, I'm really obsessed with Reddit at the moment. So we have a Real Life Ghost Stories thread page on Reddit. Do we? Yeah, we do. Mm. Which I, I, I don't really, I'm not quite fully up to date on how you use Reddit yet. I can't use Reddit. But I'm digging it. I'm digging the like stories and stuff that I can find. So I went for some reddit stories this week some reddit apparently true horror or true paranormal stories not off our thread just from the from the kind of far flung corners of reddit the thing with reddit is it genuinely makes me feel old because i i can't use it (laughs) yeah i just don't engage with the way that it works and i'm just like meh yeah i don't i still can't quite figure out how to navigate it but i'll get there story number one is a ouija board story oh great thank you so much and it is from celluloid addiction on reddit that is the username so feel free to go and find it are you ready no never i know i don't want to hear ouija board stories well sorry babe we're here now there's no going back let's do this okay this story happened in october of 2004 my friends and i stuck around the school late at night after our annual halloween party we had agreed to try out my friend's ouija board It wasn't the brightest idea, but we needed a thrill. We found a nice spot under a huge narrow tree and proceeded with our half-assed ritual. There were five of us, two boys and three girls. We were all expecting some kind of paranormal contact. Rumours had it that our school was haunted, but we've never really experienced anything first-hand, and it was Halloween when all the spirits came out to play. We all wanted to get spooked. Also, we'd never seen a Ouija board firsthand before, so we were pretty excited. Our school was an old Spanish colonial house, built in the 1800s when the Spaniards still occupied the Philippines. We were in a section of the school that doesn't get used often. Located beside a creepy old Jesuit house, people only go there when they needed to use the restroom, store equipment in one of the sheds, or make out with their boyfriends or girlfriends. We sat down in the middle of an open space. We only had an exposed bare bulb nearby illuminating the surroundings. We were all having a laugh scaring each other with what-if scenarios. It was your typical dumb kids doing dumb things. My friend who bought the Ouija board proceeded to place it in the middle of our circle. If I remember correctly, it was the -the glow-in-the-dark version which we found hilarious. (laughs) That is quite funny. I know, right? (laughs) But it gave us the ability to see what was written on it in the dark. Not knowing what to do, and going by what we'd seen in movies, we all proceeded to place our index finger on top of the planchette. We sat there looking at each other until one of us said, Well, what's next? 
We didn't know if there was a proper way to start the ritual, plus the board didn't come with instructions, so we just decided to throw in a question. Is anyone there? I called out into the darkness. If there are spirits living here, please talk to us. One of the girls joined in. We clearly had no idea what we were doing. Still, nothing. Not even the slightest bit of wind. One of my friends jacked the planchette and the girl who brought the Ouija board screamed, breaking the silence. We all laughed at how ridiculous it was. After a bit of joking around, we decided to give it another go. We all placed our index fingers on the planchette once more and asked, If there's anyone there, we would like to make contact. Don't break the circle, one of my friends jokingly said. Shut up, I whispered. We were just about ready to give up when the wind started to pick up. The stillness broke and the darkness around us seemed to move. Just a coincidence, we thought. Okay, don't break the circle, I yelled out. Is anyone there? I was excited. It was like a scene from a movie with dirt and dead leaves swirling around us. Guys, I'm scared, my friend sitting beside me said. My mom warned me about playing with forces we don't know. Listen to your mom. Did you die here? Were you killed during the war? Are you the headless priest that roams these halls? Do you know Jose Rizal? Are you a hottie? My friend giggled. <laughs> At this point, we were all throwing random stupid questions. And nothing. This is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore, my friend said, exasperated. And we were all thinking the same thing. Just then, a group of dogs from the neighbouring house started barking at us through the chain-link fence. These six dogs were growling and showing teeth bolted right out of there. We didn't see each other until after the Halloween break. And this is where the story starts to get creepy. One of the girls told us about a weird experience she had had the night after playing the Ouija board. She'd gotten home late, after hanging out with her friends from the neighbourhood, when she realised she'd forgotten the keys to her house. So she called her brother up, who was then still sharing a room with her. And what he said creeped the hell out of her. He swore she was already home. He claimed to have seen her walk in a while ago, and that she looked really tired. He saw her head straight to bed. Creepy, but no need to freak ourselves out, was what we all thought. Besides, her brother must have just been tired and seeing things. But then my other friend started telling us about an encounter she had that Halloween night. She was going to her room when the lights started flickering, as she ascended the staircase. Your typical horror movie visuals, and he struggled off to faulty wiring. But just then, she saw the door to her room open, and a dark figure stepped out and stood atop their staircase. She couldn't make out the entity's face, but she recounted that she couldn't move and felt utter dread as the figure stared down at her. No way, my best friend who had just joined in the conversation said in disbelief. Something happened to me as well. He recalled that he was sleeping one night and he woke up feeling really uncomfortable. He described his vision as having TV-like static and felt a heaviness surrounding him. He looked around the room and that's when he saw it. A bloody, charred face with piercing red eyes, grinning at him through the window. I couldn't believe what I was hearing because I had an almost run-in with death that night. After the ritual... I was sleeping in our sedan on the way home after fooling around with the Ouija board when I felt our car jerk. I woke up instantly. Looking out the window, I found out that we'd been hit by a huge oil tanker. I panicked and leaped out of the car, 
Luckily, my mum and I survived the crash, since the front of the car was a total wreck. I still don't have an explanation as to why those things happened to us. But nothing happened after that. I've never played or gone near a Ouija board ever since. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What are your thoughts on that story? Well, first of all, I was quite amused because I had the picture of these kids in getting a Ouija board but not knowing how to use it and just sitting there for like 20 minutes with their fingers on the planchette just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, just hoping that something's going to happen. I also love the fact that Ouija board was glow-in-the-dark. Yeah. It makes me think of those old like glow-in-the-dark plastic toys you used to get yeah. in cereal boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they got it from a cereal box. Maybe they did. Yeah. Who knows? That's a new cereal thing. Um, yeah, it's kind of creepy. I just don't... I just... You know, they've had a warning from their mum about not playing with it. Probably should have just listened, really. Moral of the story, always listen to your mum. Yeah, don't play with Ouija boards either. The brother story is freaky. I hate that. Like, I oh, I could have f- seen us. I saw, I saw you earlier. <laughs> I think that's the freakiest one of all well, of them. The other ones, I think, are quite explainable. I mean, the child faces them. Sounds like the beginning of a migraine, though. Is it? Because he said that he had TV static vision in his eyes, so it might not. It might have been like he uh, saw a charred face. Listen, maybe it was a really bad migraine, right? Who okay. knows? Never. Who knows? Okay, yep, fair enough. Um. <laughs> As a migraine sufferer, I can say that I've never seen a charred face grinning at me when I have an aura. Yeah, and I get that that kind of aura when I get mine. I what charred faces? No, the, <laughs> yeah. That's how I know I'm having one when all these child faces of <laughs> No, the, uh, the fuzzy vision, isn't it? I do know somebody who had epilepsy. A lot of epileptics have an aura before they have a seizure, which is like, you know, obviously their, their warning. And her aura was that she would start hearing voices. Ooh. Loads and loads of voices. And for ages, she, it was queried as to whether or not she had psychosis. Yeah. Um, but actually, it was, a, it was her aura. Wow. That she was going to have a seizure was hearing voices. Isn't that mad? Yeah, it's crazy. Wouldn't you just be like, oh, I'd be fucking traumatised. Me too. Absolutely traumatised. But how do you explain the black figure at the top of the stairs? That can't have been a migraine. Maybe it was just an actual real life person. That was the worst explanation I think yeah, I've ever terrible. given for any sort of paranormal <laughs> happening. I don't That's know. That's why I paused okay. for so long. I was like... You were just looking at me going, what, what is that, Emma? No. What is that? <laughs> it's not even clever. Uh, yeah, I'd think that they probably shouldn't have done. But um, yeah, so I just find it all a bit power of suggestion-y. Teenage friends being like, oh my God, something weird well, happened to me too. We know that the Ouija board was a, a parlor trick. Yeah, it was a game. Yeah. So I don't know how much power it has, but I guess it's the, the talking, the suggestions of talking to spirits, the suggestive nature of that, I guess, could make it a potentially dangerous thing. And having seen my dad's face when he was talking about his experience, I'm pretty convinced there's something to it. Yeah, your dad was really cross when he talked about his experience. Yeah. We talked about it previously on an episode. So Dan's dad had an experience with a Ouija board and he was really, very seriously like, do not yeah. bring a Ouija board into this house, Emma. Yeah. And it was specifically Emma. Yeah. Do not bring yeah. a Ouija. It's not funny. And I was like, oh God, okay. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> do you want another story? Yeah. This story. Why do I always say yeah so enthusiastically? I don't really. I know you don't. You're just trying to keep me happy. Yeah. Just trying to keep the podcast spirit alive. Yeah. This story comes from No Way on Reddit, G-N-O-W-A-Y. And this is a very strange story. It's one of those stories that comes out of left field and just makes me go, huh? Hmm, Are you ready? Yeah. I hope you've got a better explanation for this one to debunk it rather than it might have been a real person. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry to all those people out there. I'm disappointed with my <laughs> shit explanations. Right, are you ready? Yeah, no. Go. Setting, spring of 2007. A rest stop area off the highway on the east coast of central Florida. It's the middle of the night. I saw a vaguely human-looking being that was between 10 and 14 feet tall. What? It was sitting down. Its face was very snake-like. It looked like an alien. It looked like a demon. It had chalk-white skin. It had eyes several times larger than human eyes. Its eyes had no whites. Its nose was little more than two small air holes. Its mouth was very thin. It seemed gaunt, but its entire body was covered by an enormous black hooded robe that it wore. It stared at me very intensely. It communicated telepathically with me, saying, I cannot be seen. I must travel by the cover of night. I cannot be seen. I used to think that I'd seen an alien. But lately, I've been leaning more towards the Nephilim. It was fully in this dimension when I saw it. Its image was not hazy. It was brightly lit, and I could see it as clearly as if it were a human being. Is anyone familiar with beings that look like this? There are many more details to this story that I would be happy to share with anyone who would like to have a legitimate conversation about it. That's it? That's it. That was more of a... Blew my mind. An experience. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. It's so short. I don't really know what to think about it, really. Isn't it just mad, though? Yeah. It's just such a mad story. Yeah. It sounds like it's so Voldemort to me. The Nephilim are, um, if I remember, they're, no, they're... They're not fallen angels. They're angel-human hybrids. Okay. So that when angels came to Earth, God got annoyed because they were um, having sex with humans and the resulting offspring, I think, were the Nephilim who Mm. were angel-human hybrids. Please don't bother correcting me if I'm wrong on that one. Just Google it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm fairly sure that's what the Nephilim were and they were kind of like giants. Okay. That, you know, floundered around. Don't really know if they had any powers... Don't need powers if you're a giant. Just step on things. I don't know if but a 10 to 14 foot giant is not like giant enough to step on things though, is it? We've double the height of a 7 foot person, which is huge. I suppose that is quite tall actually, isn't it? So what I do mean, you think it was? it's not crushing buildings, but I think it was the Yeti. Oh, sorry. The Yeti, that was very stylish. Yeah. With a nice little robe. <laughs> Gets cold in winter. Yetis are living cold. They live in... They live, I was going to say they live in winter. <laughs> they live in eternal winter. They live in cold. Not Yetis in Florida. Ah, yes. The, the swamp that. monkeys. No, swamp. What, no, what were those things called? We we did we did a, an episode about them. Swamp badgers. Swamp... No. What? Swamp monkeys. What are they called? Swamp monkeys. Yeah, I want to say like that, something like that. Swamp monkeys. I feel like we didn't do an episode about them at all and you're just making it up. Yeah, maybe... <laughs> I'm sure there's a thing in Florida. When we did the episode, when we were talking about yeah, he's not the porn. Like a skunk ape. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I don't know now. You're you're confusing me. But yeah, I think it was um, one of those or Voldemort. Foot tall though. But he's a magician who can do what he wants. He's not a magician. He's a fucking wizard. <laughs> he's a magician. You're same a magician, thing. Harry. <laughs> it's the same thing. It definitely isn't the same thing. Definitely isn't. A it, it, what do wizards do then? What? What do wizards do? Cast magic spells. Yeah, magic. And what do magicians do? Pretend to do magic. Magic. So both <laughs> magicians are the same thing. Imagine if Voldemort was actually 14 foot tall and nobody had just picked up on that yeah. from the from the books. 
And then when J.K. Rowling went to see the um, films, she was like, well, did nobody realise he was a giant? Nobody got that? There you go. Okay. So, yeah, no idea. That was a really weird story. I don't I know. Really I just loved it. Sorry. I just loved it. it. I loved it. I thought it was so the oddest story. So what's your explanation? Story. It might have been an actual human being. <laughs> <laughs> a 14 foot tall human being. Ex- Emma's explanation of the day. But what if it was actually human? <laughs> That's it. I've got yeah. no more to add to that. Okay. But isn't that... I just, I just loved it. I thought I mean, it, was it was such weird. a weird it wasn't, story. I was waiting for something to happen. Yeah, something did happen. It was just sitting there saying, I can't be seen. <laughs> well, you can, mate, because I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> like, I don't know really what what the purpose of that story was. I was waiting for, like, a reply where someone says, yeah, actually, I want to know more about it, but has nobody asked him? Oh, yeah, they have, but I couldn't be bothered reading through all the comments. Huh. Well, there you go. Okay. What a non-entity of a story. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, let's move on to a new one okay. from Patents Patented. We moved into a new house a few months ago. As we were in the process of purchasing the house, the renter who was living in it died unexpectedly of natural causes in his mid-40s. He died right in the middle of the living room. Shortly after, we move into the house and almost immediately our two-year-old daughter starts talking about the ghost that lives in our house. Now let's be real here. She's two and two-year-olds are very impressionable. Halloween had recently passed, and she had this Halloween-themed picture book that she loved to read. So it's entirely possible that all of this talk of ghosts was just coming from looking through that book on a regular basis. She was always telling me that the ghost was in her playhouse in the basement, or that the ghost was on the stairs, or that the ghost was standing in the corner. She never seemed to be afraid of the ghost, and considered him to be her friend. So I wasn't all that concerned, even if there really was a ghost haunting our house. If he's nice and helpful, it could certainly be a lot worse. Ghost babysitter. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? Free babysitting service. I would often tell the ghost that he was welcome to stay if he wanted to, but he was also welcome to go if that would make him happier. I was about 30-70 on the ghost being real, and she could see and talk to him, versus the ghost just being her imagination, fueled by her Halloween book. Until one day, when we were going out to the car to go to daycare in the morning, it was still dark out and raining. My daughter told me that the ghost was on the back deck, and then she told me that today was the ghost's birthday, and that she wanted to sing him happy birthday. Once again, I mostly disregarded what she was saying, as she is birthday obsessed, and has in the past made us sing happy birthday to Mickey Mouse, a bowl of fruit snacks, and the bathroom. So we sang and wished the ghost a happy birthday and we went on with our lives. Later that day, out of pure curiosity, I looked up the obituary of the man who had died in our house. And wouldn't you know it, it was his birthday. Oh my gosh. I've got a question about this story. Okay. Do you know what very many two-year-olds? Yeah. I just don't know if they can speak. Can they speak in reasonable sentences at two? Yeah. Can they though? Yeah, like enough to be able to communicate the kind of stuff that he's put across at two. Yeah. Can they though? Yeah, never. You can understand never. Okay, fair enough. I, that was a genuine question because I was like Elsie on Instagram. Oh, that that child, that yeah, Australian she's got, child. She's got to be like two, and she says loads of good stuff. She was singing singing along to Queen the other day. So oh, amazing. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I take that back because I was. I a don't bit think like... it would have been like in the full sentences verbatim as he wrote them, but I, I reckon she, I reckon you could have enough of a conversation for them to be able to communicate those things to you. Okay, fair enough. I just don't know. I mean, if it was if it was Nevada, we it would. I mean, probably wouldn't take any notice of it because it'd be at a hundred miles an hour, and you wouldn't. 
Yeah, you wouldn't really have wouldn't a chance to it. digest what no, she was saying. she'd be moving on to the next thing. Yeah. She was singing Happy Birthday and then moving on <laughs> with her life. Things to do. Places to go. Nevaeh is Dan's niece, by the yeah. way, for anybody who's wondering. Yeah, so kids are fucking freaky. And the thing is, though, right, you know what he said? Like, oh, you know, kids have got good imagination. If it was a two-year-old, I'm of the other opinion to you, where you were like, oh, would they be able to communicate? I'm actually like, if a two-year-old is saying that to me, I'm more freaked out. Because I don't think their imagination is developed to the same point as like a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old. Do you think? Mm. I just, yeah, just kids are fucking weird. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be as calm as that person was at all. Well, I like the fact that he was like, okay, fine, let's go and sing happy birthday. Yeah. I also like the fact that he's mentioned that they had to sing happy birthday to... Fruit snacks. Fruit snacks <laughs> and the bathroom. Because <laughs> I love it when kids go through yeah. those obsessive yeah. phases. Yeah. It is very, yeah. very funny. And it is funny. It is funny. And and very believable as well, actually, that little bit of extra detail. Yes. But I guess, like, if, he, if they're actually not doing any harm, how freaky is... I mean, it's freaky and it would freak me out. But it's not like she's coming up going, oh, he's stolen all my toys or, like... Or he says that he's going to kill you yeah. or whatever. It's just like, oh, he's in my windy house. Is it... How... Oh, he's at the top of the stairs. Yeah, but I still would be like, I don't want to hear about him anymore. Your friend's not real. You it's can't a ghost. Sto- you can't haunted. stop a two-year-old kid talking about something. Yes, I, I, well, I fucking would. You're I'd drop be like, downstairs. I'd be like, you're drop kicked. You're drop kicked. <laughs> no more of this. I've had Imagine enough. having a ghost babysitter. I don't know how that would go down. How well, that would go with social services, to be fair, if they rocked up and they're like, oh, it's all right. I left him with the ghost. Yeah, I left him with the ghost. He's actually really um, trustworthy. Yeah, it's a really good ghost. Really, really mature, really trustworthy. They play games and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one more story oh yeah I mean it's just kids again in it talking about stuff that they can see that we can't without that rationality that we have got this story comes from no underscore bees this is one of two paranormal experiences I've had that I have a hard time wrapping my head around it's a long read but it's worth it I've suffered from insomnia as far back as I can remember I was in second grade and it was really early in the morning I think around five or so I had a little TV on my nightstand and was definitely watching Lord of the Rings on VHS. I had the volume up super loud because my ceiling fan always made a ruckus throughout the night. I was super into the movie when all of a sudden all of the sound around me started to slowly fade away. I remember I became confused and reached to turn my TV up thinking that it had broken. But then I realised the sound of the fan had faded with it. The only way I can describe it is comparing it to someone turning the volume down on a car radio. I was suddenly overwhelmed by an intense feeling of euphoria. I've never experienced anything like it. I absolutely cannot describe how utterly at peace I felt. I was able to comprehend what was happening, and then it just clicked in my head that I was dying. Keep it in mind that I'm in the second grade, so this is a pretty intense conclusion, but I just knew, I knew I was dying. I rolled over onto my back, ready to, and excited to, accept my fate. And that was when I saw it. There was a large white figure in my doorway, just hovering, pulsating. A white aura. I quickly panicked and began calling out for my brother. His room was across the hall. The figure glided to the end of my bed and just sat there, watching. I'm not really sure how much time passed, but the figure suddenly vanished. Sound came back and the euphoria disappeared. I jumped out of bed and ran into my brother's room where I practically flew into his bed. He woke up and when he saw how panicked I was, he began to panic as well. I was hysterical and just kept telling him it was a ghost. We did what any kids would do, hid under his covers. After a while, we got anxious. 
and I bravely made a peephole in the blanket to check the time on the clock, hoping it would be daylight soon. 5.30. The clock read 5.30 in the morning. Then the phone rang, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang. Me and my brother started to panic even more, and then silence. Once again, the phone began to ring, and ring, and ring, and ring. We jumped out of bed and took turns running from light switch to light switch until we had a light path to the living room. We got to the living room and watched cartoons until my mom woke up. She was livid, yelling at us for being up so early. I told her I saw a ghost, which only made her more upset. My brother, who was always tormenting my irrational fears, got mad at her and started telling her that this wasn't a joke and it wasn't my imagination. I started telling her to check the phone because I saw the ghost around five it, and she let me sleep in her room for the next few days. I got home from school on the 15th. I saw the ghost in the early hours on the 13th. My mum called me into the family room and told me to sit down. She needed to tell me something and I obliged. My great-grandmother had passed away in hospital at 5.30am on the morning of the 13th and the phone calls were from my grandmother calling to notify us. Me and my great-grandmother were extremely close. To this day, I get chills thinking about it. I know there are a few ways to explain the occurrence, but I know for a fact that it was 100% a paranormal experience. My mum and my brother still back me up on it to this day. That's intense, right? So it's like incredible how often stuff like that happens really, isn't it? That's one of the things that I find in the world really unexplainable. Mm. The amount of people that know when a loved one dies or they dream about a loved one or they, I don't know, they see them in a weird place and they find out that they've died. I just, I just can't explain it. Yeah, but all different as well. There's like different bits to it like his was very different to like say a knocking story or another one where there's been a relative that's come back to visit yeah it was that feeling of euphoria and being ready to die which is kind of sometimes i think what what i'd imagine it's like for older people that when you make that peace and you're like okay i'm ready to go now i've done all the things i need to do my family are happy and looked after i'm ready to go and i'm not frightened of it so i just wonder if his connection with his grandmother like superseded what is rational, what is normal. Yeah, it was almost like he had to experience what she was going through for her to be able to be there in her last moments. Yeah, which is mad. Yeah. I remember And a I can also of, understand why he was freaked out. A couple of years ago, somebody that I know died. I remember, like, it was only about two years ago and I was in my mum's kitchen and it was over Christmas and her phone rang and I immediately knew this person had died. There was no reason for me to know. Yeah. Like, it was completely... It was a really sudden death. There was no illness. There was no... Um, they died relatively young. All of that stuff. And I just knew. I knew. I knew. I knew what the phone call was before yeah. she had told me what the phone call was. Which was a really strange feeling. I think maybe maybe I remember... Maybe I'm remembering it differently than what actually happened. happened yeah. You know, maybe I did hear a snippet of something when she answered the phone or whatever. I don't know. I think that that's also something to remember as well is that memory like is a really powerful thing, especially when we find out stuff afterwards that's quite traumatic. Then we kind of assign memories to it that maybe aren't necessarily true or yeah. maybe didn't happen exactly in that yeah. way. But it's the, the the removal of sound, that like sucking away of all the sound in the room is really strange. I've had that removal of sound before and I've had an ear infection. So I was going to try and debunk it with that, but then it just got too crazy to debunk. Yeah, I think if it was just the sound thing. You could be like, oh, it's it's 
numerous different things. Yeah. But when it's the sound and then that that white mist and sitting the at the bottom of your bed, as well, that went with it because the, the, I just got really annoyed when that happened to me with an ear infection. I was like, come on, oh, rage, rage is what I felt, not, not euphoria, <laughs> not euphoria, and not I'm ready to die. No, of an ear infection. <laughs> no, it was the feeling like, I'm going to kill something. <laughs> Are you ready for some reviews? Yeah, Woo! they're actually good stories, apart from the one with the magician in it. But did you not like the magician story? No, because it was just a paragraph of. Oh, I quite I enjoyed saw a it. Man. Yeah, but it was a giant man. Okay, it was a giant man. It was Voldemort. It was Voldemort the magician, as he was meant to be, magiciany and fourteen foot tall. We Review know, JK. One we know. Comes from Monkey Butt two one four, and but. it says, "You guys are my absolute favorite people to listen to. As an American, your accents are beautiful." I wish you the best and keep the awesome content coming. Thanks, Monkey Butt. Thanks, Monkey Butt 214. And our next one comes from Bill to the Bowl. Another good name. I know, right? And it is entitled Yowies Are Real. Love the show and your accent is lovely. My name is Bilbo and I live in West Australia. I've lived with First, Na- First Nation Aboriginal communities for many decades, blockading forests and uranium mines and generally supporting indigenous sovereignty and land rights. Loving your work. Yeah. Loving your work. Among other things, for many years, I lived and blockaded in East Gippsland in the state of Victoria, a beautiful area of rainforest sadly being logged for wood chips. Anyway, as you would imagine, living in the rainforest for years, you hear, smell and see some strange stuff. Although I've never seen a Yowie, I've definitely sensed their presence and heard them. In this area, they are called by the local Bidwell nation, Dulagar, and are really feared. Yowie is a more generic term for these creatures, but they have lived by many different names depending on the region. Aboriginal people have occupied this land for a lot longer than 40,000 years. At current, the estimate is 70,000 years. And yes, you are correct in saying they they have the oldest continuous culture. Over the years, I've experienced many cryptids that are known to Aboriginal people. There is a pantheon of creatures and spirits, many of which are terrifying. Keep up the good work, you two. Love the show and your good humour. That was like, love, almost like a listener's story. That was brilliant. I love reviews like that where they're like, no, this is true. Because sometimes when we talk about like first people and we talk about other countries, I get a bit worried that like I'm saying things that are completely factually inaccurate about that country. But it's nice to hear that it's like, yes, these things are genuinely um, part of Aboriginal culture. Yeah. And finally, the last one comes from XWCASWX. I'm absolutely obsessed with this podcast. I've almost finished listening to all the episodes in like three days. I listen while I'm getting ready, commuting at work, winding down before bed. Hilarious, unique perspectives and so flippin' freaky. I wish there were more. I don't want it to end. My favourite episode so far is probably episode 33, Let Me In, which was the Japanese ghost stories. Thank you for sharing this amazing podcast with the world. No, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm also pleased that she likes one of the later episodes because I feel like all, all of everybody's favourite ones are like the first 10. And like Dear David <laughs> and stuff. Um, I just, there, there's a couple of things I wanted to say. Thank you, first of all, for leaving reviews. Yes, I love you. it. And second of all, people were talking on the Facebook page about how the reviews haven't been read out. So I've only just gone into June of reviews. So if your review is any time in June, it will be read out soon. So just keep that if it's oh yeah that did rhyme so just keep that in mind thank you I was going to say something else and I've completely forgotten what it was you got very teachery there at that point oh did I yes just keep that in mind thank you 
Oh, sorry. So if you enjoyed this week's episode, you can talk to us on Instagram. I am on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. And I am on Instagram at 50p Movie Club. You can find us on Twitter. At Real Guys Pod. You can find us on Facebook, which is Real Life Ghost Stories. Give our little Facebook page a like and join our secret super group, which has well over 2,000 members at this stage, which is a little bit crazy. Wow. The question is, who are the hosts of Real Life Ghost Stories? And it is Emma and Dan. And Tiny Bim. And Tiny B, obviously. <laughs> if you want to send us in a story, you can do so by sending it to Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. We have got a lot to get through. We absolutely do. And but they're always great. I have not forgotten about our merchandise competition. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to join our Facebook group or our or come and follow us on Instagram. Um, we just have over 800 entrants and it's going to take me a couple of hours to sift through all of that and actually put it into a system that allows me to pick a winner fairly. So just, just <laughs> it is coming. I haven't forgotten. I just need to find a couple of hours to be able to actually sit down and do it. That's it really, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Patreon. If, oh, yeah. if you want to support our podcast with a little bit of cash money, you can do so. That was nice. I know, thank you. You can do so by donating either $5 a month or $2 a month to our Patreon page. It is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories and we will be eternally in your debt. And the next episode of 50 Pre Movie Club comes out on... Tuesday, I think. Tuesday. Can't really remember. I think it's Tuesday. And it's a long one. (laughs) It is a very, very long episode. And on that note, we shall see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Adios. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.